I will say this. I'm officially on your side now on one thing very important. Embiid's the MVP? Joel Embiid is the MVP. It is done. It is finished. I agree with Doc Rivers. Yeah. It is settled last night because it's gotten down to the point, and we see this straw poll that you know the ESPN did, and it becomes this whole, let's interview everybody that's voting, and half of them are like, can I wait till the end of the season? Because people are going game by game with each and every one of them. The Nuggets lost last night. Jokic came back from injury, only 14 points. They're, not, they're playing kind of soft right now. Meanwhile, the Rockets Joel Embiid carried carried the Sixers by himself. Still don't believe in the Sixers, though. I think the rest of that team is garbage, but he's actually somebody that's going to have to carry them himself. So he became the first player in the shot clock era to score more than half of his team's points and also shoot 80% from the field. Yeah. He put up 52 points. And every look, just double teams the entire time, triple teams. It's Joel Embiid. That, that's the defensive strategy. You go up there on the whiteboard, you're Embiid three times. One, two, three. First, second, and third things that you pay attention to. Not, not Harden. He's not playing well. The Achilles is bothering him, all that. It's all about Joel Embiid. He carried that team by himself. That was his statement game. Anybody that was complaining about him playing or skipping the game against Denver, mm-mm, forget about it. What he did last night proves that he's the MVP. What did I tell you before the game? I said, it's a nationally televised game. He knows people are watching up against the Celtics. He's going to have a monster game, and it's exactly what he did. Joel Embiid is my MVP, too. I am with you. I am on that train. Yep. Let's go, Joel Embiid. I want you to celebrate, and I want you to pop bottles when it's all said and done. Yeah, 52 points last night. I mean, it's been a ridiculous season for Embiid, and he probably should have won it last year. I mean, if he was able to stay healthy, I mean, he's a great player, and it's pretty awesome to watch what he's doing as a big man, too. I mean, because, like you said, he's seeing double teams, but he could take you outside. He could hit threes. He could handle the ball a little bit. He could post you up. And, I mean, if you take him out of Philadelphia, if you take him off that team, they're definitely not the third seed in the Eastern Conference. I don't think they're even a playoff team. And I love Giannis. I mean, you can make the case for Giannis every single season. Mm -hmm. You could also make the case for him to be Defensive Player of the Year. He plays hard all 82 games. Not that he plays all 82. He's not playing here tonight. But... I mean, you can make the case for him. I feel like you can make the case for Embiid because of what they do on both ends. And this isn't a knock on Jokic because he's awesome. But he's won. I mean, right. I don't think he needs a third straight MVP. And he doesn't give you what those two give you on the defensive end. I'm not judging him off the playoff success or the playoff failure because it's a regular season award. But I do think it's Embiid's time. And I think that the third seed this year for Philadelphia, that's an accomplishment, I think. I mean, we didn't know what Harden was going to look like. And they were attached to him. They had to bring him back regardless. He played pretty well. I mean, he's played awesome this year compared to what we thought he would look like. Yeah, not lately, though. They still have Tobias Harris. They have Maxie, who I really like. But that's not the deepest team. And they have Doc Rivers as their head coach. So the third seed in Philadelphia, I think that earns Embiid the MVP. And last night, thank God they won that game. Because what if he drops 52, has double-digit rebounds, but they lose that game to Boston because nobody else shows up? Does that really cost him the MVP? Because I feel like that's craziness. They're still going to be the third seed in the East, regardless of what happens last night. It might. That's how dumb this has all become. Straw polls, and then you know making the case for this guy and that guy. I'm just ready for this to be over. I want to collect my money. I want to go on vacation, sip a couple cocktails, put the super fuel away for a week maybe, <laughs> and just get my money. But first, we got outrights to hit this weekend, and matchups, and top tens. But uh, I do feel good about Embiid after last night. That was great. That cheered me up. It's going to be the closest MVP race we've ever had. Go up there quickly. 
Emmanuel quickly is going to have a game tonight. He might be the MVP next year. He might have over 36 points alone at this rate. So I'm hoping that hits very early. So I have no sweats. I don't need any sweats tonight. I would prefer to just chill. It's awesome watching Embiid, though, watching Jokic, even Giannis. And I know Giannis is a stretch four. I mean, Giannis could play any position on the floor. We remember Jason Kidd had him running the point. But it's awesome to see, like, this revival of the big man, too. Yeah. Because I thought for a while, man, people were going to stop drafting seven-footers because none of them were working out. I was worried about Embiid because he didn't play that first year. He had the injuries even at Kansas. We didn't know how healthy he was going to be. You have to remember, like, Jabari Parker went over Joel Embiid. Yep. What if the Bucks draft Joel Embiid there? Probably doesn't end up working out where they get to keep him and Giannis, but they could have had, like, the Twin Towers with Giannis and Joel <laughs> Embiid if they would have actually went with him over Jabari. Um. But, I mean, there was Greg Oden. Like, guys just weren't panning out, and I was worried because it's positionless now. And, I'm, you know, with the league, everybody's like a stretch four, 6'10", 6'11". And now, man, what a big year for centers again. And Embiid's awesome. It's a different type of center, though, right? It's not what we used to see. It's not just back to the basket. Like, yeah, they go in the post. skill set, but he wasn't taking you out and hitting threes. Right. You've got <laughs> Embiid last night. They're running plays for Embiid stepping out at the top of the three-point line. He's taking shots. I mean, Jokic is the best passing big man we've ever seen in the NBA. Better than Arvidas Sabonis, better than Vladi, better than anybody. He is the best passing big man we have ever seen. And he runs the floor like a point guard. Yeah. And he does it with a dad bod. Yeah. Everybody loves that. So you're starting to see now, like, if you, you can succeed in the NBA as a big man, you just have to have that type of skill set. Nobody, we're never going to go back to post-up big men being, like, the focal point of an offense or the number one option on a team or a, a, a number one overall draft pick because it's just not how the game is played anymore. But it doesn't mean that there's no room for them in this game whatsoever. Yeah. You're just not going to get a lot of minutes. You're not going to be a star. And we've seen plenty of big men over the years come out of college. Like, um, uh, uh, who's the guy from Duke? Um, Okafor. Oh, yeah. Like, couldn't play any defense, played in the post, but was really good in college. But you knew he wasn't going to succeed in the NBA because yeah. he played really one-dimensional, a little more of an old-school big man. Julius Randle was not an outside shooter when he came out of Kentucky. He was great in the low post. But he's evolved his game, and he's taken, like, eight threes a game now. It's like, no, it's no problem for him. I thought he was going to be like Zach Randolph. That was my player comment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Same kind of body build, too. I, I really and liked him, though. I still like Julius Randle a lot. Well, now, he's, I mean, he's evolved his game. He's really worked on that. No, I agree. I don't think George, like, George Mikan will never see that again, huh? <laughs> you don't think he'd have did a we spot? Have, you know, did we ever see it? Did he even exist? Do we know? What about George Mikan just, uh, is this fake? Even, is like, it? big dudes. Like, I mean, Zach Eady, 15, 20 years ago, is probably a first-round pick. That sounds crazy. I know. But definitely. Yeah. You know, he's a first-round pick. Guys, like, imagine, like, Sean Bradley, George Marison. I don't know if they'd have a spot in the league because they just get put in pick and rolls. I mean, maybe in the playoffs. Taco even, Fall had a had a spot. So. Even well, kind of, but like he never really did, and that's the thing. that's like, what I mean. That's what that even, type of big man is now. Like even Brooke Lopez now has evolved his game so much. He wasn't a three point shooter his entire career, but now he knocks down threes and he just stands under the basket and protects the rim. Yep. And now, you know, he's a starter on a team that could win a championship, and he won a championship. So the positions change, basketballs change. That's the other thing. Like, you watch these games on NBA TV at night, these 90s games. Like, Jordan wasn't a great three-point shooter. It was all mid-range. It was turnaround jumper, Olajuwon, Ewing. They weren't three-point shooters. But the league wasn't really all about the three-point shot. It was more mid-range. And now, no coach wants you shooting mid-range jumpers, unless you're DeMar DeRozan. I mean, look at all the other bigs, though, too. I mean, Giannis plays like a guard. Mm -hmm. Laurie Markkinen's having a career year. He's a seven-footer. Everybody that leaves the Bulls has career years. That's starting That is true. It's starting to become a thing, isn't it? That's that's definitely the thing. Well, yeah, Porz- even like campaign has a real role. Porzingis now. never left the Bulls, so there's that. 
He's a unicorn. Porzingis was a bull? Oh, that's what I said. He never left the Bulls. That's okay. So Porzingis is playing well with that. I'm just going down the list of all these seven-footers that are playing. Like, I mean, we've got a lot of it now in the NBA, and we talk about unicorns. It kind of was Chris Stapp's Porzingis first. But now it's going to be Victor Weminyama. Mm-hmm. He'll I think be KP was going to be great until he tore his ACL against the Bucks. He's still good. I mean, he's averaging twenty three a game. Oh, he's, he's a rim protector. Yeah, like he's, he's still player. good. The Wizards are going to give him all the money in the world. I promise you that. They think that their their Kyle Kuzma, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Bradley Beal big three is going to get him to even That's the basketball hell. God, it is just. It, it may be. It may be the most. I'm trying to think of like the best way to what's the best way to describe something that is just completely blah. Like they're you just you're you're not angry mid. about them. You know they're just mid mid. You know? It's just the just very milk mid. toast. I yeah. think is the word people use. They are. They don't. You know what they need? They need an MVP candidate. And unfortunately, they don't have that. But you know who does? Philadelphia, my Philadelphia <laughs> 76ers, your third seed in the Eastern Conference. I got to be honest too. I think they might be live to win it all. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think they could beat Boston in the seven-game series. I don't trust the Sixers at all. I don't know that they could beat Milwaukee. I do not trust the Sixers at all. And beat them. I actually trust the Cavs more than the Sixers. No, no, no. Take that back. I don't take it back. I don't take it back. No. The Cavs are a better team, uh, but they don't have Joel Embiid.